Hello to our beautiful, wonderful humans that listen to our voices every week. Hey, Babylonians! <laughs> So this is going to be a very, very special episode, and it's um, we are not bloody babbles today. We are just telling some tales from buddy babbles. <laughs> I'm so proud of that. <laughs> and if you're thinking it's dumb, I don't care. Well, it's just very much could be bloody because yeah, it's going some to of the information we have. some of the stuff that we've got is indeed bloody. Um, we've got so this is um, we reached out to. Everyone and anyone, everyone or her, everyone or her. Mm-hmm. I don't speak English. That still hasn't changed. Um, we reached out because we wanted to get some people to send us stories that have happened to them. And they're not all true crime related. Um, some are, I put in here, they're true crime, personal tales, spooky, spooky. Nope, I didn't write that. Spooky ghostly encounters, a close to home encounter with some disgusting brothers, letters from a Kansas killer himself. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, that's a thing. And a near death experience. So, um, hold on to your universal titties, y'all. Yeah. And uh, also, before we dive into this. Wait, um, wait, pause for the cause. Oh. Hey, what state do we live in, Babylonians? But listeners, do we live in Kansas? Yeah. Can you guess what killer we might be talking about? You'll see later. (laughs) It's so exciting. It's gross. It's gross because it's terrible. But Kansas, keep that in mind. Um... Um, also, okay, so this episode will come out on the 18th, so it'll be right before my birthday. Facts. And, um, come to find out, my wonderful, true, uh, my real-life twin, Kelsey, from Weekly Variety Podcast, shares the same birthday as me. Hey. I got really excited when she said it in the episode, and then she's like, I don't know if Nicole wants anyone, like, saying anything to us, but... I don't care. Um, Nicole wants birthday happy. I so do. On the twenty second, make sure you wish yeah. her a happy. Me birthday. and Kelsey and everybody else born on May twenty second, because I know there's a few. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Kelsey. I said our birthday three, not three. <laughs> um, she already said she's gonna drink one or five for me. So I said yeah. I appreciated it. <laughs> so yeah, make sure you go check out those beautiful ladies because they're hilarious, especially if you're from Alaska because they're still trying to get you. <laughs> yeah, go listen to them as their birthday gift. Listen. Yes, please, Alaska, please. <laughs> We're begging just as much as they are. They're a little more aggressive about it, but it makes me laugh. Um, Also, so, you know, our last two episodes were about the nasty, disgusting, gross Fred West in the UK. So before I get into the, there there may have found another connection to um, Fred West and Rosemary, but also our wonderful, amazing Ian at Dystopian Art, his mom was really good friends with Shirley, one of the victims of Fred and Rosemary West, and that kind of blew my mind. Was into she the a... one that was pregnant? No, she wasn't. Oh. She was 16. Um, yeah, there were several that were pregnant, but she's just one who okay. unfortunately was just encountered them and her life was taken. So that was kind of a crazy, crazy connection. That was way weird. Yeah. First time we've ever had something like that. Yeah, well, us. we're going to have another one in some of these um, buddy babbles today, too, um, with who we talked about in the beginning, who we haven't said yet, because we're going to just leave that suspense. 
So, um, and then, okay, so Fred West, there's been an opening about the search for a girl named uh, Mary, I'm going to guess Bastholm is how you say her name. She was missing um, in 1968. She was 15. Um, she went missing on January 6, 1968. She worked at a cafe that I put Nasty Old Frag was a regular at. Um, the police are dicking, dicking, oh my god, no god, Jesus, I'm, bye, <laughs> digging into the cafe basement where she worked. Um, they had to use geophysical survey equipment to dismantle a fireplace at the scene. Um, Mary went missing when she was catching a bus to go see her then-boyfriend, um, his name was Tim Merritt. Tim says he doesn't think her body will be found in the cafe basement. Um, this was a direct quote from him. It said, I really don't think anything will come of this. She left the cafe for the day, went home and changed before going to the bus stop to come and see me. Why would she be back at the cafe? Well, if you guys listen to our episode, it could just be a ploy from Fred. Be like, oh, hey, yeah. I hear, saw you worked here. Let's go check it out before you get on this bus. Or I think bus. I left something in the cafe. Yeah, and I know I you work there. there earlier. Could mm-hmm. you let me back in? There's yeah. a bunch of different scenarios. Um... The first girl that was murdered by Fred, um, Ann McFall, who was pregnant with his child. I think she was like eight months pregnant when she went missing and then eventually her body was found. Um, She also worked at that same cafe. That's where uh, Fred and Rosemary met her. Um, Rosemary's former lawyer, Leo Goatley, said it wouldn't surprise me if a body was found there at the cafe, adding the West uh, frequently visited there. Mary's disappearance took place before Red and Red, Fred and Rosemary met, but their surviving daughter stated she didn't know what her parents had discussed, especially since they killed separately and together of the, over the uh, over the course of their murder spree. So, this is it was just kind of eerie that we covered that pod mm-hmm. him on our podcast, and then literally like think it like four days after that. Um, someone shared in one of the true crime groups I'm in, they're like, oh, they just reopened this case um, for another potential victim, so I'm really hoping. I thought there was something about them digging. I thought it, I thought it was at his house. I thought so mm-hmm. It's at that open. cafe. Okay. But, and they think Rosemary knows, but um, I, I can't remember, because Heather was their daughter that they killed. Um, I can't remember the other daughter's name. That's really eluding okay. my brain right now. But she said, she's like, my mother will never tell. <laughs> because one, it was before, because she was a teenager. Two, at the same time, this girl was a teen because Fred likes him young because he's nasty. But um, she's like, if my mom knows, she's never going to tell. It'll go to the grave with her unless they end up finding her body. So, so basically... As we get updates, we'll update you. But that's yeah. the latest update we got. And we, it, like Nicole just said, pretty spectacular that we decide to do the that podcast. Case. And then lo and behold, like she just said, five, four or five, however many days later. We did that. We have the power. We're witches. If you weren't aware, we are, we are witches. witches. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, so that's that update. Um, nothing too crazy to get us started. So we're going to get um, started on this first installment of Buddy Babbles. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to just keep saying it because I'm adorable. So <clears throat> my friend Crystal... She ended up sharing this story with, or a few stories with us. Oh, my dog just whacked the microphone. Hey. <laughs> that is my child entering the room. Um, the whole big dog goes outside. Oh, there's an, oh, the big dog? Yeah. He got out again? Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. I have a neighbor who has a giant dog, and um, the other day Arlo was able to catch him by the collar and was petting him and loving on him, and they... Arlo, I 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay, go upstairs. We're recording Hello, right we're now. We're doing the podcast, Bob. We're doing the podcast. Okay. Okay. What do you need to tell me? Oh, that child. Okay. So now we're going to talk about my friend Crystal, and these are some paranormal, spooky, weird things that she's encountered. My favorite. Yes. They're awesome. One of, okay. I'll just. I'm. I'm fine. So, uh, paranormal story one. I was six to seven years old, and I enjoyed enjoyed staying at my grandma's house in Ingalls. Oh, okay. Well, we're just going to put that out there. <laughs> it's not that far from where we live. My aunt and cousin lived with her, so I was there almost every weekend. At night, my grandma or my aunt would light a candle, say a prayer with us, and tuck us into bed. My bed, quote-unquote, was a couple blankets I would lay on the floor next to my bed, next to the bed that my aunt and cousin would sleep in. I was there... Uh, laying there, talking my way to sleep with my aunt, when my cousin, who was maybe three at the time, started giggling. His laugh was cute, so we started laughing with him. He sits up in bed and says, Why are you guys laughing? He didn't tell you the joke, only me. Ah. Wow. My aunt looks at me while I'm laying on the floor, looks back at her son and says, Who is he? My cousin responds with, The funny man, Mom. The one with the crooked face. Ah. Wow. Spooky. That makes me think of... um. What is it? I think The Conjuring 2. There was a crooked man in the... Yeah, like Slender Man's mm-hmm. ugly uncle. Oh, God. Okay, so this next... She's got uh, three different stories for us. Um, Are you going to tell your story? My story. Mm-hmm. What's one? When you're taking a bath? Oh, yes. I will after... I finish hers. So this one coincides, this next paranormal story from Crystal um, coincides with her story about the crooked-faced man. A month after that that story had passed, um, she was at her grandma's house again, and she's laying in her bed with the candle we had lit for our prayer burning on the nightstand next to me. My cousin is sound asleep, but my aunt and I are talking. A cool breeze comes through and blows out the candle. I didn't think anything of it until my cousin wakes up from his sleep and starts talking to someone in the corner of the room where the candle was. Nope. It's time to go. Um, I start to freak out as it's pitch black, and he's having a full-blown conversation with whatever it is next to me. I become completely paralyzed. I couldn't move, talk, scream, nothing. My cousin says, hey, don't do that. I could feel movement coming back, feel my movement coming back, and my cousin yells, don't come back, you mean man, and it never happened again. Oh, did oh my she God. get information about what was... I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. So, it was like he was holding her down. Something. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like dark paranormal. Well, but... wait, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> I'm like, Crystal, why didn't we share these things when we were in, friends when we, when we were, were younger? using a Ouija board? Oh, no, sorry. never used a Ouija board in my life, and I never will. I okay. have, but I never will again. No, 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 no. Okay, this is her third story. So, um, <clears throat> after my parents divorced, I moved into my dad's house my senior year of high school. I had to get up super early as it was a 40-mile drive one way, and the highway was under construction, as it always is in Cimarron. Um, My dad would always call me to wake me up and make sure I was on time for school since he was a truck driver. I typically woke up around... Her dad's pretty awesome. Um, I typically woke up around 5.30 to be at school before 8.15. Barf. Hated those days. Um, (laughs) That was me, not her. Um, One morning, I heard footsteps in the house and figured my dad stopped by the house real quick before he headed back out on the road. Didn't think anything of it and heard, you better get up. I got out of bed, shouted thanks to my dad, jumped in the shower, and got ready for the day. As I was leaving the house, I figured I'd better check to make sure my dad hadn't fallen asleep. 
Couldn't find him anywhere in the house, so I called him. I was like, hey, Pops, thanks for waking me up this morning. I appreciate it. And he's like, honestly, I forgot to call as I've been so busy. I'm sorry. He's like, and she said, no, you stopped by the house and told me to get up. Miha, I didn't go home. I'm in Oklahoma. Heard footsteps a few other times as, a, as well as a man's voice before we moved out of the, that house a month later. <sighs> but you know what? Okay, that is fucking creepy but when I'm, you find it was but it was it, the spirit but i'm like the spirit's like, like hey you don't want to be late like maybe um it was like maybe a great grandpa great great grandpa or something <laughs> i don't know someone was looking out for you so that one's not as bad but it this is, it is eerie but yes yeah okay so this is her final one she's she's like i have way more but this I took a long time to, to type her. she's Crystal definitely in touch with with the other world and I, I appreciate yes. it I love her to pieces. Okay, so this is her final one. When I was 12, we had a bunch of family and friends over. My grandma, after staring me down for 30 minutes, came and asked me if I was okay. I told her I was and asked why. She grabbed my arm and drugged me into the bathroom and took me to look. It told me to look in the mirror. I remember that my face didn't look like my face. My mom came in because she noticed something was wrong, and my grandma immediately asked her to grab an egg from the kitchen. My mom came back with the egg, and my grandma said, Relax your body, keep your hands at your sides, unless I move them. She started saying a few things in Spanish that I didn't understand at the time while she rubbed the egg all over my body. I remember feeling a sense of overwhelming and a heavy weight that slowly released as she kept working this egg over my body. She grabbed a cup and broke the egg open. The entire egg was solid black. I asked her what caused that, and she said, Someone does not like you and put a spell on you. I have removed the spell so it will not do you any harm anymore. My face was back to looking like my face and the egg was thrown into a fire that burned thick black smoke. Oh my gosh. Her family is so spiritual. I know. Holy I'm like, your, your grandma's the bee's knees. <laughs> we thought we were witches. Yeah. Her grandma. Goodness. Grandma was like, bye, bruha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. What a good grandma for knowing, I know. too. Like, but like, to, like, I couldn't imagine. I like your thought ro- grabbing an, an, an egg. egg. Now hearing that, I'm like... Well, I'm, if I see weird faces, I'm going to do that. <laughs> that makes me think of um, the movie The Ring, whenever, you know, Samara curses you after you watch mm-hmm. the film mm-hmm. and their faces get all distorted. That's mm-hmm. what I thought of when I read that, when she sent it to me. Because I've read most, well, actually, I've read all of these, except the one. No, I've read those two. I'm a liar face. Okay, so do you want to read this next one? Yeah. Okay. It's fine. What? You're on a roll. Go okay. <laughs> we'll just do it like we do it, but yes. Okay, so this story comes from our friend Rachel. At Drinking with Friends podcast. So go listen. Go after this episode and listen. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so this is from Rachel. I was really excited. This is... <laughs> this one's kind of like... I don't know. You'll just determine what you feel afterwards. Okay. She goes, I apologize in advance for the length of this. Never be sorry. Never be sorry. No, for we need length. Long stories. Yes, please. But I grew up in northern Arizona, and I'm pretty sure I had an encounter with a skinwalker in high school. Yeah. There's a road on the edge of my hometown that a lot of people have experienced weird shit on, specifically when headlights from a passing car are flashed at you. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. A group of us had a friend who lived on that road, and we were driving to her house one day. A car flashed its lights at us on the way, so we were joking about it and talking about stories we'd heard about it. Once we got to the house... We went out to the barn to work on our homecoming float. Everything was totally normal until a random fluffy white dog showed up. Oh, so it's you. Um, (laughs) Her neighbors didn't live close by, so it was especially random, and it spooked us. 
We all ran back to her house to get away from it, and then I realized that I had lost my keys. I had driven, so we couldn't leave without them. I was completely confused how I could have lost them because they were both... Um, they were under both my wallet and my phone in the pocket of my zip-up hoodie, and those things were both still there. We searched end endlessly for those goddamn keys. We retraced our footsteps over and over and could not find them to save our lives. By this time, it was getting dark, and after about an hour of searching, we stopped outside between the barn we'd originally been in and another barn-like building next to it. I remember thinking it was odd that there were lights on in the barn because no one was inside and hadn't been there for, their, for the entire time we'd been there. As I was looking at the lights, I noticed one of them flicker off and back on, and I looked down and my keys were right at my feet, despite having searched that exact spot countless times, including moments before when I'd walked up to it. I grabbed them and told everyone I'd just seen the lights flash to go, and to go inside the barn. I'd seen, I'd just seen the lights flash and to go inside the barn. We had to go to the, no, we had to go past the horse troughs to get in. And by this point, it was extremely dark. We were all fumbling around while we walked towards the door, trying to get the motion sensor to go off and turn the lights on. Right, right before they came on, me and a few other girls swear we saw two human legs running directly at us, freaked out trying to get inside. And then suddenly the dog was back. Needless to say, we got the hell out of there as fast as we could. I was 16 or 17 when this happened. I'm 33 now, and it still freaks me out to talk about. Wow. <sighs> Even just to see just legs, too. I said that now she's got a fear of white fluffy dogs, though. No, white fluffy dogs are your friends. <laughs> I think of all the great Pyrenees dogs that are, like, all over my Facebook right now that all my friends have adopted. And I'm like, they're so cute. They are. <sighs> but wow. Thank but, you for sharing the story. Yeah, wow. thanks, Rachel. And go listen to them do that okay so this is from one of our listeners um his name is nick and he's had some wild luck when it comes to moving into new apartments <laughs> so um thank you nick yes thank you nick we appreciate you dude okay so he said one night i was waiting for my roommate to get off work and uh so we can continue a csi binge no joke and i decided to run to the london drugs for snacks and to get there, I cut, cut through an alley. My roommate got off the bus about 15 minutes later, cut through the alley, and went home. We just missed each other and met back at the house. Cut to the next morning. We see cops all over the alley. Caution tape, crime scene markers, etc. <clears throat> After doing some research, we found out that someone had been stabbed in the alley and then crawled into the backyard where he passed away on someone's stairs. That... They timed it at 11 p.m., five, about 5 to 10 minutes after I walked through the alley approximately 15 minutes before my roommate walked through. I still think about the timing on that and how crazy it was. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what if he had, like, I'm like, oh, they're going to, like, walk through his blood? That's, oh, no, thank you. And, could you, and then if he had, how he would be a suspect or something. Right. No, you know. And like, having no idea right. that someone literally was dying. But that his roommate also had that experience. Yeah. But wait. There's, There's more. more. <laughs> also, weird thing. I lived in three apartments with that roommate, and every time we moved into a new place, there was a murder one to three blocks from us within the first week of us living there. It was so weird. You guys need to stop living together. <laughs> I don't know if you still have, but... And then we asked him if he had... Found, I don't know if you were about to say that. Yep. Okay, um, he's like, don't know if that was what you were looking for at all, but I find it peculiar... 15 years later, uh, we tried to do, um, we tried doing some Google searches after the fact, and I, I got, also got curious a couple years ago and looked everything up again, but couldn't find anything past the initial report, so I don't know if they were ever solved or anything. 
I never did get more information on the other two. I think one was a break-in gone wrong, and the other never stated anything beyond the crime, but that's all we could find out. Also, it wasn't the neighborhoods or anything. We all we lived in all the places for an extended period of time, and nothing else ever happened. It was always just one right when we moved in. It was so strange. It's freaking wild. Like, to be, yeah, move three different times, and somebody gets killed in three different manners. Yeah. Like. How yeah. banana! Like Nick, you've got some weird. And thank gift. you so much for sharing that, allow allowing us to share it too. Like, yeah, much it's, appreciated. So spooky. And I know we've got many more stories to tell, but you guys, we could have more episodes like this in the future. You want to keep sending us some crazy, creepy, um, buck what whatever stories that um, you wouldn't mind <laughs> us talking about on yeah. the air. We would we would love to do that in the future again. Yeah. So more buddy babbles installments. Wait, can we pause and you tell your story? Oh, okay. Yes. Um, yeah, especially because this next one is it's heavy and um, talks about a crime that we may end up actually covering in a future episode. Okay, so this isn't really sad, but it is. Um, I've always been spiritually connected, spiritually connected, especially through dreaming. I'm a very she's a lucid dreamer. I'm yeah, and I I'm, I can control what I've dreamt. I've dreamt about so many people and so many different encounters. But when I was six, my great-grandma Gigi um, passed away. Um, my second middle name is after her, which is Cecilia. And we, like, she had just came and stayed at our house six, like, she died in January of 2000. And she had just came and stayed six weeks with us right before Christmas. And so um, we go to Illinois where all my family is, um, we, I, I have some of her jewelry. My mom has a lot of her stuff. And then we also, um, oh gosh. Oh yeah. Then we had the funeral and she had a two day wake because we had so much family come in for her service and everything. And then <laughs> I'll share this too, because it's funny. Um, well the dress that she ended up being buried in was the one that she wore to my parents' wedding and my mom wanted that dress and she didn't know she was being buried in it. And my mom's like, Oh my God, I'm so, that's so beautiful. She looks so beautiful. And then our cousin Billy, who listens, Billy, hi, Billy, hi, Jenny, <laughs> love you guys so much. Yes. Bill walks up to my mom and puts his arm around her and he goes, Kel, doesn't she look a little bit like this is Doubtfire? Because <laughs> that movie had just came out right before she passed away. So, <laughs> and my mom's like, oh my god, you're right. Oh, that's hilarious. But, um... Uh, she was the coolest Gigi ever. We'd always, it didn't matter if it was morning or afternoon or nighttime, whatever. Every time we got to her house, we had a bowl of ice cream. And she was the first person who taught me how to, um, how to, um, stir up my ice cream so it would be like a milkshake. Nice. I don't know. I don't know why that's always stuck in my, and she, um, also, uh, we'd play go fish and, um, she hated She's losing. What, baby? So... We come home from her um, service, and my we get home. We're going to unload it, and my mom's like, okay, Nicole, you're going to take a bath. How many days? Um, it? it was only, it was probably, it was just a few days after, if not, not like. Quite a week, maybe. A week, yeah. Whatever, okay. Within a week. Okay. And so I'm in the bathtub, living my best life, talking away, yakety yak, yak, yakking, you know. So I live my best life in the tub, too. So yeah. I, mean. I can't fit in bathtubs anymore. I'm too long. Um, anyways, so I'm sitting there. My mom, you know, I was sick, so they didn't have to, like, be in there in the bathroom with me. So my mom comes in, and she's like, hey, who are you talking to? And I'm like, well. I was like, Gigi, don't you see her? Pointed up, like, the way our bathroom bathtub was, it was up against the wall, and I was pointing up to the corner of the bathtub. 
And I'm like, yeah, she's right there. Like, duh. I was like, why are you saying stupid things? And my mom's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yep. She's like, and I was like, yeah, she said you just need to stop crying so much. <laughs> and my mom's, of course, starts crying because, you know, that's her grandma, my great grandma. And so, but yeah, she was just up on the ceiling. And then my mom's like started to slowly shut the door and I just kept talking to her and I was playing with my Barbies and I'd like lift them up and show them to her and just talking away like as if nothing happened. And then I was also convinced, um, even though I'd went to the service, I watched her be buried and everything. I was convinced she was buried under the rocks at her house. I don't think I ever told you that. <laughs> so I just assumed she was out there. So I'd go outside and talk to the rocks. And That's beautiful. Yeah. So that's my little... Uh, I have a lot of other paranormal stories that I've had in my life, but that's that's a little wholesome one. That's the only one I'm really aware of. Yeah. I, I've had a, a short one, a shortish one. Um, there was a little girl that we used to watch that um, unfortunately um, passed away when she was 18 months old. Mm-hmm. And Zabri and her were really close. Oh, oh and, I, just um, got, I just got chills. <laughs> this is a really sweet story. Um, Zabri was at my mom's house and, well... Uh, at our house, too, I'd see Zabri dancing around, and um, we were at my mom's house, and Zabri was once again dancing around, and, and I don't remember whether she was talking. I thought she was, like, holding her hands I, out. I, like... Yeah, her hand, almost like she was holding somebody else's hand, so it wasn't just, like, like a typical little girl or boy that dancing and spinning or whatever, like, she would be spinning, but, like, if... If when you're spinning and you're holding somebody else's hand, you guys are spinning together, that's what she was doing, and again, she was... She had just turned three. Yep. So um, I asked her, and I believe I asked at my mom's house because I had already known the answer because I had asked her before. Regardless, I asked her, what are you doing? And she said, I'm dancing with, and she said the little girl's name, which I won't mention just because. And um, it was just really beautiful. So that that was just a really cool experience that I got to see that in my daughter and that she had this connection with this beautiful little girl that... You guys that were we, connected to us. Yeah, also. that we were all very good and loved so, so much. And unfortunately, you know, her life ended way too soon. Um, but I got to watch my daughter dance with her, even, you know, in, in the afterlife. And just, yeah. you know, no fear. I mean, it was just like... And it was very matter of fact. She was just like, I'm dancing with, yeah, yeah. with her. And it, yeah. was, it, was, it was absolutely beautiful. My mom and I just kind of both looked at each other and kind of got teary-eyed. And I'm getting teary-eyed now, but... It was a really yeah, beautiful experience. Chills. So, anyway, there was my little story. I don't have many paranormal stories that I've I've encountered. I'm just very, very interested in hearing them, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yes. Okay. So, now back to some more buddy babbles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this is going to get... Um, the next few stories are encounters with the Carr Brothers. If you are unfamiliar with that, um, that story or that case, um, these two brothers, Reginald and Jonathan Carr, who were from Dodge City, which is where I was born, (laughs) and where I've grown up close to, if not, I mean, between where we live now, well, somewhere around in Dodge, I don't care, come find me, I'm I'm down. (laughs) Um, There, it happened, actually, the 20th anniversary was this year, I think it happened, yeah, so it would have been 2000, no, not 2001. That had been 2011, 2001? Maybe it was, because it, it said the 20th anniversary. I thought it was, maybe, I don't know. I thought they said something about the, the anniversary. But anyways, um, they ended up driving to Wichita, Kansas. So and what did they do? Let the 
view that, the yeah they is. they were in Dodge and then they drove to Wichita picked a random house that had four four people in it two guys two girls two of them were dating and um, I don't know if the other two were or not I this like I said this may be this is a case I've been wanting to do and it's so close to home like my uh, several people that you're about to hear from um, my dad included arrested these guys a bunch um, but they ended up shooting and killing three of these people <coughs> the fourth girl who survived and was able to get them incarcerated was wearing a barrette and that's what saved her life because the bullet when they because they shot them execution style in a soccer field um the her barrette um deflected the um bullet but and they and afterwards she fell forward to play dead and Smart. they ended up they drove over their bodies too so she got hit by a car after being shot and um after they drove off she was able to run naked and go or half naked mostly naked i'll have to we're gonna cover it we will. yeah we will it's just it's a big one it's a big big story especially and again, like nicole just said it's i mean it's, they're from where we live like so. i i know people who have encountered them and yep. you're about to hear their stories mm-hmm. um Yep. So, so that's this would be stories of the Carr brothers. The Carr brothers, nasty, disgusting human beings. Um, so this this comes from Dawn, our we beautiful you, Dawn, Dawn, our beautiful, wonderful, badass. Yeah, keep sending her healing vibes. By the way, yes, people, she's um, she's doing this chemo thing, and it's and she's getting ready for surgery, and um, just send her all the healthy positive and get well and recover vibes that you possibly can now onto the car brothers yeah. <laughs> onto, onto not so great things like dawn who we love and adore yes. so she told us i went to school with the car brothers even partied with them occasionally she missed uh missed running into them at a friend's house uh, no missed running into them at a friend's house by about half an hour a uh, half hour to an hour the night they left town for wichita they had been trying to sell the gun they ended up using for their murders for their murder spree to get money to get to Wichita. I can honestly say I was shocked when um, shocked um, with them being involved, not so much with one being involved, not so much the other, just from interactions with them. So I'm going to assume, um, based off of what my dad told me, and well, I'll read Shelley's next. Um, hey, Shelbell. Shelly. Shout out to Shelly. We love her too. My singing sister. Okay. So her mom, uh, Shelly, I'm just going to read what she wrote. When my mom was a manager at Blockbuster, she had fired a guy. He was a huge football player type guy, but he cried when she fired him. A few weeks later, he was arrested for the murder of a girl, but it ended up being uh, the other two boys too. He was one of the Carr brothers, and she said it was Reggie who was the crybaby. Okay. And I think my dad, when my dad pulled them over, pulled, I think, I think it was Jonathan. He said, he's like, I'm not worried about taking you to jail. I'm going to call your mom and I'm going to tell her. And my dad said, their mom was the sweetest, nicest lady you would have ever met. Like, and to have both, not one, but both your sons do what they did. He's like, they were just, she's just an absolute delightful person. Um, but yeah, they said they did, well, there's, but my dad said when they were, before they did, before they committed their murders, 
they would just, they got picked up for, like, shoplifting. Petty shit. Petty shit. Like, little tiny things. Like, it wasn't, they ever never did anything big until right. what is deemed until the Wichita Massacre. Something huge. Right? Yeah, by ending three people's lives. And Kelly actually went to college. Kelly. Kelly, original. R. Kelly. Kelly. R. Kelly. Not the singer. <laughs> Our Kelly. OG episode one Kelly. <laughs> She went to college with one of the brothers. Oh, so somebody went of, to college. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, she went to college with one of the with the brother of Aaron Sander who ended up being one of the victims. Oh, sorry. The, I thought you meant the, Sorry. Ooh, yeah. Okay. No, it's okay. It, it was, that was a little bit confusing, mm-hmm. but yeah. Kelly, she's like, "I remember when that all happened. Like their their his mom. I see her all the time. She lives here in town, too." So anyways, yeah. So, a lot of crazy connections. Um so this one comes from my friend Cody, and um, she said, drugs will do crazy shit to people. Jonathan was one of the nicest people to me in high school. We ran track together, and when I had a hard time making friends, he was one of the first to sit and genuinely talk with me, always smiling and so kind. Those guys were one of the biggest wake-up calls when I struggled with drugs. 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 All those years ago. Oh, my gosh. If someone who was my friend was that big of a different person and did all that horrific stuff, it reminded me I was definitely not on the right path and drugs were not my friends. Facts. Yes. And then Judy, who is um, one of my mom's former bosses and one of the most delightful ladies in the world. I love her so much. Um, she said, Nicole, when we had the corner store in Mineola, the Carr brother's nephew came in one day. He got mad at me for some reason that she couldn't remember and looked me in the eye and told me when his uncles got out of prison, he'd have them kill me. His face looked like he meant it. Gross. I'm like, oh, that's so just, uh, and to jump to that, like, oh my gosh, you're not going to sell me this pack of cigarettes or something. I don't know what the story entailed, but, but Judy, like, I could, I- but not, like, not justifying what that little shithead just said. Yeah. But, um, or had said. It wasn't just. It wasn't didn't like right. happen yesterday. But um, <laughs> I can... I, I, I don't know how old this kid was, but, like, I remember having little shit attitudes like that. Not, not yeah. because I knew people in jail or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like... Kind of like the, I'm going to tell my mom or my dad. Or, like, the, well, the like, little... saying my dad's, like, when I was young, my dad's a cop. Yeah, like, I get I, you. I'm, I'll get you in trouble. Right, right. Or I can do this because my dad's a cop, so I won't get in trouble. Yeah. I yeah, or my mom's a probation shit. officer. You act like I can't get away with everything. Right, 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 right. Because I had that attitude. <laughs> so, like. Never went to any... jail, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Again, definitely not justifying that. And that, that definitely is a, a big jump and, and a weird place to go. And yeah. somebody And little did that little dude know that he could have gotten a lot of trouble for threatening something? Right. I would assume. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, she could have. Like, Judy could have been like, you know what? I'm going to call the police right? and you're going to buy. That's a criminal threat. Like, yeah, I, I believe so. I think that. Like, I, yeah. I, I could be I don't know. But I would think that something like that is. Yeah. <sighs> but anyways. What words you want to throw out to the public. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Car Brothers, I've. I've I've gone back and forth with it a lot just because mm-hmm. of how close to home it is and how obviously that that's one two three four uh, four well five people if you include my dad because he well, encountered Vince, them your brother my husband yeah he they weren't buddies or anything but at parties like Cody had yeah. mentioned and Don and Don yes um, mm-hmm. that they, they were, were at parties and. Now, Vincent, he said he's had a conversation or two with one of them. I don't know if he remembers which right. one, but 
again, so these are people we know. Like grown, so many people know these yeah, guys, and inter- because we inter- live in the fucking town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and we're or yeah, we're neighbors <laughs> to that town now. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I just found out. Well, he doesn't work there anymore, but I found out I knew their stepdad because he changed my oil on my car a few times. Wow. I just learned that from my dad. Oh, and um, yeah, the sweetest man ever. Yeah, so nice. Yeah. Always so helpful, especially because I'm an idiot when it comes to cars. Um, he would always um, uh, just, they're just so such nice people. I never got to encounter his mom, but um, I think I've had a couple of their family members come through um, where I work, and it's just like... Uh, and then and then that's tough too because you have to remember that not everybody is who their people in their who, family who, are. You yeah. know what I mean? And people and, and the fact that people do that, like, oh, your dad was a serial killer, your brother, your cousin, your uncle for that kid. Right. You know, and, well, obviously that kid was a little shit. But yeah. anyways, but yeah, like you can't just as like their like my said my dad said their mom was just the sweetest lady. She was right. just so nice. Right. So stay tuned for that one because that one's going to be one that I'm going to, I want to do justice, justice right by representing our hometown and then the people's whose lives were taken when they shouldn't have been. And like I think. Because some cool. of, because the one kid, he was, I think he graduated from Cimarron too, I'm, if, if his mom's from here. So yeah, it's just yeah. bananas. It's too close to home. But, but I, what I appreciate too, and I told you this off air is I think when we do do that podcast that will be the what probably one of the ones that we get the most response on especially you know for people especially putting from in more local. of their two cents because mm-hmm. i guarantee some of these <clears throat> stories that we're reading now we're going to get even more which i i find that right on thank you for letting us know that yeah. you once knew these people or you had this encounter with Ethan or, or your this, or your mom other. did like with ian and his uh mom like, it just makes it all the more real here we do these podcasts about these killers yeah. and then lo and behold in our very they, own town that we live in yep it, every time you know we talk about this too on the podcast you always hear it was a tiny town where everybody knew each other where <laughs> nothing <laughs> bad ever happened you know, until it did right so all right, let's let's talk about something a little uplifting. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, this one is from came from my friend Rachel. So um, she told me, or she sent in to us. Whenever I'm in a bad place, whether it's mentally, emotionally, or else, or else, anything else, my snow globes will simul- simultaneously play, and they aren't on because they um, they are cranked ones, or they have to be battery operated. So I know it is my dad visiting me. Oh. And also, she lives in Cimarron's original mortuary. I'm crying. <laughs> That's... Yeah, she uh, she talks about her dad all the time. I'm like, oh, what a beautiful angel that you oh, have. I yes. love that, Rachel. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm crying. It's fine. Keep telling stories. <laughs> um, and Crystal, the, who we started the episode off with, she actually lived across the street from um, from that house on here in town. Won't centrally it too much. That's not a word. Um, but she said they would see spooky things in that house all the time, too. Which, hold on for one second. Alrighty. So, yeah. So, she lives in that spooky, spooky house. So, uh, Rachel, you're going to have to tell us if you get any creepy encounters. So, yeah. that'd be great. Thanks. And if not so creepy, just If not, if your encounters. dad gives you different signs. I would love oh, it. Oh, I would love it. It's yeah. beautiful. Literally made Shauna cry. It was beautiful. It was, yeah. Gave me chills. I love it. Okay, so next we have a small snippet from my friend Blaze, and then um, Cody had another set, uh, two sets of stories of hers that are hers. 
creepy, mm -hmm. but they were with actual people. Right. So Blaze, her um, story is, uh, my friend and I swore that her house growing up was haunted. It was on Trail Street in Dodge. We just always felt like we were being watched, and once her TV in her bedroom turned on when the remote was next to it, but no buttons had been pressed, and it was very, just very odd, just spooky, spooky things. I mean, I've had stuff like that. Um, I remember one time when we were here in the house, I, I don't remember if it was my dad or if it was Vince, and the only creature in the house, we didn't have misdemeanor yet, my dad's dog, mm -hmm. we just had my stupid cat, Crazy, who was, a, who was not a good cat. Um... <laughs> Was not, he was not, I was not a fan of him. Um, but I, I think it was, I want to say it was, it was either Vince or my dad. I can't remember that they were down here in our basement where we're sitting right now showering and it sounded like footsteps on our stairs right above us. I'm pointing as if you guys can see me. Can you guys see me through hey. this podcast? Yep. Um, <laughs> yes. But it's, but it was like heavy boots. It was like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, the only way crazy the cat would have been able to do that as if you would have thrown him on each step he was asleep in my parents bed under the bed where he hid all the time but to this day my dad didn't know so i'm wondering if it was lloyd um we live in a an up is an old farmhouse that they brought out from the country and both the people who lived here previously um were deceased um lloyd and levere and um i've Enca I encountered them a lot, especially when I was younger. My intuition has been um, uh, stunted. stunted a little bit just as you get older mm -hmm. and realize. The, but I've get, been getting more into that. But they, I told them, I'm like, this is your house too, so yeah. stay here. Feel free. And yeah, no, of um, all people to buy our home, yeah. like, <laughs> your family is most inviting. So. <laughs> exactly. There's actually a really pretty painting. Um, maybe I'll, I'll take a picture of it and I'll post it too. There, that um, Lloyd... Uh, painted on this wall back behind us. It's a it's a quail sitting on a little thing, and Didn't it's gorgeous. Yeah, he painted that. Know. It's absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, so thanks, Lloyd. Yeah, he's there. I've I've went and visited their graves too at the cemetery here in Cimarron because um, our cemetery's not that big yet. Um, right. with people in it, <laughs> so everybody's dying to get out. <laughs> cemetery jokes. Okay, so now on to um, Cody's stories. She's got two that are kind of lengthy, but here we go. It was one time that um, Zeta and Castor, which was her dog who just, he passed away, I think, uh, if not last year, it was two years ago. Coolest fucking dog ever. Um, her daughter Zeta was with me and my mom, and she was on a date night. Um, the first time in a long time she'd gone out. They went out drinking and dancing, came home. And, um, I think she was actually on a date with my brother. Right. That's what I <laughs> and, got when I was yeah. reading the story. Well, if I, yeah, cause I, yeah, I still hang out with Zeta now and she's 19, but he ended up passing out on the couch. Shocker. Within minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so she stayed up watching TV and was watching the movie It all by myself with him passed out on the couch. I was laying on the floor in the Elm Street house, which I loved that house. It was so spooky. Mm -hmm. um, the one with the really low windows. I thought my mind was just messing with me as I noticed a reflection in the window of what looked like somebody's face. Knowing that I had been drinking and it was late at night, I just assumed it was my mind playing tricks on me. Been there, done that. I'm going to tell you a story after this one. 
This is my body babble too, guys. Um, knowing, um, I got closer to the window to check out the reflection. Lo and behold, the reflection got closer to me. Nope. As I re- yeah, exactly. As I realized it was literally a person sitting on the other side of the window staring back at me at like 3 or 4 in the morning. I lost. I about lost my shit. Mm-hmm. Caster wasn't there and brother was passed out. So my dumbass ran to the front door to spaz out on this douche and he got up off the cinder block. He had pulled over and put beneath the window to spy on me. He got up and ran, not down the alley um, he was already in, but around the front of the house where I was at the front door and down the sidewalk and turned down the street to where a shithead I knew lived. Still to this day, no clue who it was or if it if it was that shithead that sent him. Scared the shit out of me and I don't scare easily. Yeah, gross. I remember, I was like, oh my God, I remember her telling me that story when we dropped Zeta off the next day. I'm like, ah! I'm like, I'm really glad that Zeta was at our house. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm really glad Vince was there to protect you, Code. <laughs> it was so helpful. Sleeping on the couch. But the fact, but like, the fact that he ran to the front door, like, what if he had like tried to come inside? I'd be like, you better wake your ass up. Okay, so here's the weird thing. Before reading her story, I was thinking about how when I was younger, so just kind of interesting because when I was reading her story, the picture, okay, so, I mean, sorry, guys. Go ahead. I remember one night I was staying at my god sister's house, and um, so this was in Southern California. This is decades, decades ago, and um, we would always tell each other scary stories yes. and like try to creep each other out at night. Anyway, it, we were staying. It wasn't her. It was. It was a different house. I don't remember. I don't remember. It was a different house than we typically stayed in. I think it was a temporary house or so, I don't know. Anyway, so we're staying in this place, and it was in a room. Oh, right. Okay, so we're in this room, this bedroom, and we were, like, sleeping on an air mattress, and there was kind of, like, in the corner of this room, and so, I know you guys can't see what I'm doing, but, like, a 90-degree angle, and there, so, like, there's a window on one side, and it's a, it's a low window, and another window on the other side, and only lace, lace curtains, and I remember envisioning, and I refused to look over, but I was envisioning a man standing by the window uh, uh, with his hands over his eyes like yeah almost binocular you know like what you would do if you're trying to peer cupping, into a yeah, window cupping around your eyes yeah and staring down at us Mm-mm. and i was so adamant that that was happening that i refused to turn my head and look and my god sister was already asleep and i don't know how i think i cried myself to sleep that night but i refused to go look up at the windows or whatever so then i read cody's story and i'm like are you fucking kidding because that happened to her and i was just remembering that crazy it's just weird just so weird creepy coincidence right okay so before i dig in or so it actually happened to cody and i'm pretty sure it didn't happen to me i'm i'm making sure to believe that it did not happen to me (laughs) I will manifest it. It did not happen. <laughs> but not. I apologize that that happened to you, Cody, but I am grateful that you are safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me too. Um, well, one night, it was it was Valentine's Day night, and my friend Michaela and Ashlyn were staying the night here at this house, this one we're sitting in this moment, yes, and we had my parents' video camera, and we were messing around, having a good old time. Our parents were out on date night, because it was Valentine's Day, and yep, we go to look out the front window upstairs, and... I was messing around with the camera and I had just set it down and it stopped recording and I'm like, oh, let's look out the window like a fucking genius. And we were, God, I, nine or ten. We, it was just after we moved to Cimarron. So we may have only, it may have been our first year here. Um, but I look out the window 
and I put my face against the glass just like you were talking about, mm. and there was someone staring back at us. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like it ha ha. So, my dad, being a cop at that time, I called him, locked, we went, locked ourselves in my... Was uh, it a man? Do you know? It, yeah, it was, it was a guy. I don't know if it was a young guy. I don't know if it was an older right, right, guy. Right. It was just definitely a guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That just makes me think of another time I got followed home. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, we scream. I'm like, there's someone in the window! And we were home by ourselves. I, I have goosebumps right Why now. Why somebody be peering out the windows shut, too? Like the but it's like everybody... But we've been talking about it at yeah, school yeah, a yeah, whole yeah, bunch. Yeah. But we were only... I think we were only in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And But, yeah, they came and... oh. So we went, I went, locked the front door. We ran to, I want to say it was my bedroom and um, put stuff up against my window and locked because my bedroom door upstairs locks. So, um, and then we put like stuff in front of it and then I called my mom and um, my parents immediately. And then luckily the uh, sheriff lived right over literally Mm -hmm. two houses down from us. So he came over and like walked the whole house. He drove the block to see if anybody was running, like, away. Didn't find whoever it was. Never encountered them again. But it was the fucking scariest shit having someone, especially because she got closer to the window. Yeah. But he was already just standing there because it, oh, he had to have been. God, just... But, yeah. And, I mean, our windows aren't super low. But, I mean, he was, it had to have been a man or, if not, a really tall I teenager. I want to believe it was one of your brothers trying to scare the shit out of you. But I also would believe that they didn't end up telling you. But I'm still just going to believe it was one of your brothers and they never told you. Yeah. Um, I think Vince lived in Dodge at that God time, and Phil was staying down the street at his friend's house. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Was that one friend? Blech. Sorry. Uh, no. I'm just kidding. Sorry. I would have known. Sorry. No. Blech. Okay. So another one. Um, she said she has a bunch, Cody has a bunch more creepy stalker type stories, but she's like, I prefer the paranormal and paranormal ones, and Same. so do we. So she was, um, this next story, she said, Jarrett and I were driving around with Caster, checking out old stuff. Whoa, guys. Yeah, that's Sorry, me. that's upstairs, kiddos. Yep. Being crazy kiddos. Hopefully no one comes down with a bashed face again. Gosh. Um, amazing graveyard and outside of town from, um, from the 1800s. Oh, there was an amazing great si- graveyard outside of town from the 1800s, a bunch of old houses. Went to one no- northwest of northwest of town if i recall it was a nice two-story house when we walked up it looked like the people like people had been chilling there and being dorks i hated this there was a raggedy ann doll hanging on a noose and there was some graffiti which if you guys know that the true annabelle doll is a raggedy ann doll no thank you i respect you uh raggedy ann annabelle Mm -hmm. and please don't come haunt me you're raggedy annabelle raggedy annabelle please don't come get us first (laughs) making that joke okay so I figured people had been around. It wasn't too scary of, of um, the place. The worst thing I worried about is waking, walking up on somebody doing drugs or something they didn't want nobody there to see. We went in anyways. Um, Caster, her amazing, wonderful angel dog now, um, went in with us, and we were walking around, checking everything out, and decided we needed to go upstairs first. I wanted to try to get into the attic. You're crazy. But anyways, <laughs> um, Jarrett was a bit smaller than me, so I was trying to pick him up and help him get into the attic. But I accidentally hit his head against the ceiling. I had this really weird urge, almost like a voice telling me what to do in my soul. <gasps> oh, oh, I've experienced stuff like that. Um, yeah. I put him down and just started walking. He's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I want to go in the basement. I am going to the basement. He was confused and asked, how did I even know if there was a basement? And I said, I just do. Then literally walked right to the basement door like I knew where it was all along. Ooh, 
Oh, something possessed you. Um, despite this my, being my first time there, Castor followed, and when we got to the stairs, he went down first. My crazy dog would have barked at any animal or person fearlessly and with no hesitation, so I gladly let him go first, even though I felt like I was being pulled there. I needed to go down those stairs, but I was not sure why. He ran down the stairs, and he was about to hit the floor with his paws. He legit changed directions of his body mid-step in the air like he was like he walked on air to turn his body around and ran faster than I've ever seen him run. Back up the stairs and out the door. I didn't hesitate and booked it with him. Never looked back, just trusted him. We had let him out of the car a few miles away to run just because he was going bonkers with energy, so we let him chase some jackrabbits. None were hurt or caught <laughs> um, still to this day, but I know my dog, and he never acted like that with other, with people or other animals, not to mention I felt like I was being controlled and called down there. Yeah. What a crazy experience. Thank goodness for Castor. Yeah, like, uh, a dog. Uh, he was such a good dog. But yeah. Oh. Uh, was that the way of Corgi? Yeah. That would always run away? Uh, I, I know mean, there was w- one when I worked at the animal shelter that I don't remember if that was the yep. name of the dog. Okay. Yeah, him or his son, Bro Bro. Um, yeah, because Castor was all black. He was Mm-mm. black, but he was a corgi mix. No. I think. I don't remember. I don't so. But anyway, we had it at the animal shelter like several times, so I just ended up just, I just called He got arrested a couple times. He was a wonderful, wonderful dog. But very yeah. sweet. Very, so, very sweet. But oh, oh, here's another one that I keep remembering. Um, so we've got... Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Anyways, um, this one was really short. It was when I was married the first time we were in um, our trailer house. And, oh man, no, there's two different parts of that story. Oh, I remember. Uh, well, I'll tell this part because it's creepier. Well, we had a picture that we were trying to sell of this couch, and it ended up looking like there was like four people sitting on our couch mm-hmm. when there was no people on that couch at all. It was apparitions, creepy, scary stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember Dalton calling me and freaking the fuck out and telling me I needed to get home because I was going and paying a rent to our friend. <laughs> And then we ended up getting this haunted chair that we got from this at a garage sale. And <laughs> I say so haunted. Cool. I love to say anything can be haunted, though. I, I'm, I'm it was a vibrating that, was chair, and it was super. We didn't do anything sexual. Don't get, get, don't get it twisted, mm-hmm. y'all. Um, but it ended up this ghost that was attached to it. His name is Bob, R.I.P. Um, he took my keys from, no, Dalton's keys. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Dalton walked back. It was the back of our house it was a long uh single wide trailer and it was the back bedroom and he literally like I'll, i can't describe it very well but it's like someone was like holding the keys on the chair and then as soon as that person wa- as soon as dalton walked in the, the keys just fell onto the chair and then the next night we tried to switch my keys with it um we switched hooks it nope still took his keys and put it back on the chair and then finally we took we left my keys on his hook put his keys in my purse and that motherfucking ghost Mm -hmm. i got chills threw my purse down the hallway (laughs) like it was on our countertop only we didn't have a roommate or anything no one was in our house and my you all of a sudden we woke up and it was (laughs) close to 3 Mm a.m and all of a sudden we hear this thunk we'd been recording with our ipads we had from college and uh no we it didn't catch it, so we had stopped recording. We had when we had still had it set up on the counter, but it, the recording was off, mm-hmm. and we thought our iPad had fell. No, my purse was not on the counter, and it was um, at the end of the hallway, um, right in front of that door, because his keys were in there. Mm-hmm. No, it was fucking spooky. <laughs> okay, next story. <laughs> We've got uh, three left. So this one's not too terribly long. And then then we've got those special, special letters we talked about in the beginning of the 
very, very beginning along almost an hour ago. Um, this next story comes from our friends at the podcast, The Midwest Meltdown. This Hello. story in particular is from one of the hosts named Zach. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate Jack. Yeah. He's... Um, his buddy, or I think it's, I think his name is Josh. Oh, <gasps> I don't remember. Okay. His The other co-host okay. is then going to have another story for us at another time. His, Thank you. Yeah. So this is from Zach. So he said, um, so I was roughly 14 or 15 years old in my room in the cold Wisconsin winters, as I'm sure you guys are aware. That's why I was really excited because they're from Wisconsin. It gets cold, um, gets quite cold and quite dry. So at the foot of my bed, I had a humidifier on a TV tray. It was far enough away that there was zero chance I could kick it unless I really moved. I also, on the back of my door, had a hat rack. It had two hooks that went over the top of the door, and in order to close my door, you had to push one of the hooks down, a.k.a. can't just slam it shut. So one night, I had a dream, and I woke um, I awoke to the water in my humidifier shifting dramatically side to side, and my door just, bam, shut. Wow. No one was, no one else woke up or nothing. I just sat up in my bed, turned on my light, and was scared out of my mind. I asked him if he knew what the dream was, but he couldn't remember it was. But yeah, just that the water was moving in his humidifier. And you know, humidifiers are heavy when they They're have water heavy in them. Heavy like, as hell. That water don't just swoosh. Yeah, exactly. So it mm, 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 no. So I'm glad it didn't like attack you, Zach, and that you're still here to tell us stories about wonderful. I think they talk about. I want to say video games. I'm actually going to use their promo at the end of this episode. So hey, you're welcome. Yeah. So go show Zach and uh, his co-host some love because his name eludes me because I'm terrible. <laughs> Because she's pregnant. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm just glad I typed Zach's name in here. Okay. (laughs) So. So. The moment you've all been waiting for. Um, We have a pretty awesome fan. Her name is Mackenzie. Hey, Mackenzie. And her dad, Brian. They're huge listeners. Huge listeners. Well. Well. They're big listeners. They listen to us all the time. (laughs) Um, And her dad, back when good old... Dennis Rader was hey. caught. Yeah. Wichita another Wichita massacre <laughs> over twenty years, which still blows my mind. If you guys aren't sure who that is. BTK bind, torture, kill, mm-hmm. would break into people's houses and murder and nasty, disgusting human garbage fuck. Dennis Rader. So she he wrote letters, um and they were so kind to as um no. They were, le- they were kind enough to let us have these letters to read to you guys. Yes. So, and we're also going to post pictures of the um, the envelopes, too. So you can, because Dennis, like, doodled on them. I don't know. Um, it's gross. I don't like it. <laughs> but I'm very appreciative. They've got, um, maybe I'll end up just posting a picture of this. Because he wrote, like, a, um, a little poem type thing um and his it, writing is it's not awful but it is hard to kind of read yeah so. it's very um it's not it's an it's an interesting cursive yeah <laughs> um okay so so if she ums and stutter like she's trying to <laughs> decipher to what the word may or may not be what he did so he ended up they corresponded a quite a bit it sounds like or um brian sent him several letters but he can only respond so much because this was in 2005 when he was captured when they discovered that he was indeed the btk killer so this was tuesday may 10th 2005 um 
hello, how, he didn't even write out how are you. He put literally how and the letter are you hey, today. Texty wise. Yep. In writing. Keeping in Christians as your letter would indicate, um, because uh, in another letter, the next letter that I'll read, um, Brian, or yeah, Brian would sent uh, part of the a Bible verse to him, which I'm like, you know, that he's going to need a lot more than Jesus. But <laughs> um, always enjoy letter into the world of this system. But we Christian letter are not our most welcome. So he preferred people who weren't going to like write to him and tell him that he was a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, so people and, telling him that he will be forgiven if he. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of thing. So um, he's like, we have common ground and a trust already set up. Do have a, a lot of people, oh, I do have a lot of people that write me. Some I never hear from again after return words or thanks. Some are into their five, um, five, fifth letter. Okay. Already, to me, most settle into a style or mood. Subjects we share are just general small talk and help each other. Some share war stories, poems, drawings, etc. One person I play male chess with, although it, it's a game it now, although the game will be long and 51 cents per letter expensive, if you wish to write pen pal, Christian, or other, the rule at this time um, are not to far or left, far right or left on a subject, and you cannot accept letters back for a week or so due to demand. I tend to write family. No. Family? Yeah. Family, friends, pen pals, Christian pen pals, Christian and others in that order as the letters come in. Would you be interested in some pen pals that may uh, wish to share communication among us? Like if Brian wanted to write to somebody else. You probably know more about me than I know about you, but if you write um, open some, I pretty... I pretty open-minded. <laughs> know a little bit about everything but master of none. Some pose for you un- enclosed oh i think you meant prose and some good words for closure today write again and we will go from there and then he sends a christ or a bible verse and ye shall be witness and into the uttermost part of the earth act 1 8 your letter spoke of deep christian feelings thanks sincerely dennis p.s enclosed poem or prose so i don't know if this was and this, this little poem or little letter was sent on June 24th because then it says hi I don't, I'm not going to say their last name um, you're probably wondering how can the second letter produce a dear raider but unfortunately the 121 letters received in May with yours being number 197 for the SCDF uh, Sedgwick County Department of whatever <laughs> where he's locked up I dropped back to over 30 days before returning correspondence, and you have no doubt given up. And now I have a hearing June 27, 2005, and shutting down for legal reasons and time format. Uh, Relax, unwind, and seek guidance along the legal road. I enjoyed your letter with, and will reflect on the last one. If you write here at SCDF, I may not write back, but keep track of me and my story. And no, keep track of me and I don't know. Oh, and writing me may start again someday. Thanks. God bless. I don't, this one looks like it says Turkey Cane, so I don't really know what that says. Yeah, um, but the way he signs this one is. Yeah. Um, shared. Uh, right, isn't it this one? Yeah. 
shared timer sure we share correspondence thoughts and news of abundance now the time has come that we must part because the wheel came back before the car or because the wheel came before the cart by Dennis Rader and then um, I will keep your address um, sometime in the future return a letter thanks again and then um, shared times and pen pal closed down sad face um, D, whatever his middle name, initial is, Raider, B-K-A. Yeah, he wrote B period, K period, A period. The suspect or Raider, which is, they're all in quotes, or Podfather quotes. And then he drew this weird little guy called a batter. And it looks like uh, like an oversized um, dragonfly with an ugly face. I want to say he's cute, but anything that comes from Dennis Raider is not going to be cute. So... Yeah, and then... It's just weird. Yeah, we'll definitely have pictures of those. Yeah, I'll... So you guys can try to decipher what the writing actually is. For sure. Creepsville. Yep, so... And then this was a letter that um, Brian wrote to him, and he ended up... So he <laughs> typed it out, he, right? Yeah, Brian typed it out, and um, Dennis wrote back and circled um, certain words as his responses. So I'm going to read the letter... And then I'll, where he circled the word, I'll tell you what the word is and his response. So do you, so you understand what she's saying? So he typed the letter. Dennis sent the letter back, back that was typed. With his responses, wrote hand wrote on it. Yes. Yeah. It's fucking weird. You'll see the picture. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dear Mr. Raider, hello again. How are you doing? This is May 13th, 2005. Oh, that was literally just a few days ago. I hope that you are doing well. Um, his response was, yes, as of June 24th, 05, getting ready for hearing on June 27th. I was glad to receive communication back from you and to find out how you are doing. He's like, yes, same here. Um, I know that it must be a struggle to stay in contact with your friends and family. He's like, yes, very light contact is what Dennis said. Oh, makes sense. And he's like, um, Brian said, I'm still praying for each and every one of your family and friends every day. And he said, thanks. Since you asked about being interested in other pen pals, I sure would enjoy writing to other pen pals. He said, yes, too much, too much crenter pen pal monster over 325 something receive. I'm not really sure what that all means. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Um, I enjoy writing letters and receiving correspondence. You also were right. I probably do know more about you from the media, from the many of media outlets, whether it is TV or radio or even national magazine. He's like, stays tuned for nightmare on Elm street is what, um, Dennis wrote, which I Hey, he's got a little bit of a sense of humor, ladies and gentlemen. Um, sorry. Okay, as for me, I'm only 23 years old, and I have a one-year-old daughter and a wife. I'm oh, in let's tell him that. Ugh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Brian, but <laughs> what? I'm in college. I work full-time, so I'm a pretty busy guy. How do you spend most of your time in the detention center? And his response was correspondence, drawing, poems, d defense, and journal note. Do you have a lot of communication with other inmates? He's like, yes, my section 12 only. Yeah, I know. That's like, ah. Uh. I'm just, sorry, I'm just like, I'm looking away from Nicole with my hand <laughs> over my mouth, and I'm just, I can't. Sorry. It's, but it's um, fine. It's on KSN News last night, they had a special on you, and there was a guy who was telling about a conversation he must have had with you. I found that very interesting. I know there was a rumor going around that you might have colon cancer, but this gentleman put that story to rest by telling us that you don't, that you don't, which is very good to hear, because I lost my grandmother to cancer, and that is a very horrible disease. And he said, I've lost a lot of weight. Don't have much appetite except I snack on Cheetos and Snickers bars. Blah. 
God damn it. I love Cheetos and Snickers. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't want to eat those ever again. No, I still will, but... Yeah, I'll but I'll do I'm... it, and I'll be like, haha, you can only get these if you suck somebody's dick. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Brian. We love you. Not, yeah, no. Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Gotta poke some fun in this really stressful letter. Um, well, I better go now. I hope to hear back from you soon, and here are some good words to close on today. And he goes... He circled the word soon and just wrote sorry beneath it. So obviously correspondence can be hit or miss, especially because his case was like unfolding right then and there. Um, then he sent a Bible verse. Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy, th- all thy soul. Oh my gosh. And with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is un- like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. Matthew 22, 37 through four, or 37. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. King James Version. P.S. And he had an enclosure of a poem he wrote. And then he signed his name. And Dennis finished it off. Really enjoy this. I should have pen palled you earlier. Very sincere letter. Thanks and enclosure. Fine dining, neat. I love, neat. I love wild life pictures. Remember, exercise daily and walk with the Lord. Okay. Which I mean, I know Dennis is a monster and he's a fucking piece of garbage. I fuck that guy. Um, mm-hmm. but um, I and his Cheetos and Snickers he came in with <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I understand why why Brian wrote the letter this way, just to be able to like. I'd get something out of him. Right. And obviously being a good Christian person, right. I mean, I don't, I don't have religion and I'm spirit, very spiritual, not just, I'm not a religious human, but I'm not here to shove my beliefs down your throat. Facts. I don't really know what my beliefs are. Um, I worship my dog. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> as she's snoozing all cute on the couch. But anyways, I just, yeah. But yeah, for him to share such personal, personal Thank things. Thank you so much and, for sharing that And to even like to send his physical address, like that, right. that's putting a lot of like faith into this, this desire to speak with someone who's did such horrific, nasty, disgusting mm-hmm. things. On top of that, um, okay, no, um, I for okay. So additional to corresponding with <laughs> I call him fuckhead Dennis because Dennis Raider is a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Brian's house in Wichita was also broke into when he lived there at the time of BTK's sp- spree. And Dennis had left his trademark um, what, symbol, he, symbol in the house where Brian and his mom lived. So is that where Brian's fascination came from? I think so. Um, I know one thing. Brian, that, care to wave around? <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, it was just lucky Brian and his mom were home that night. Um, but yeah, I know he'd always like to drink a glass of water. That was his big thing. Um, morbid podcast those two wonderful girls in massachusetts they covered uh i think it was three parts of btk because and it took them a lot to do that because they have nothing good to say because he was such a copycatter like Mm -hmm. uh he emulated son of sam Mm -hmm. um david berkowitz i just watched a really weird documentary about him a couple days ago but yeah like just btk did nothing original on his own and it was just he fucking stupid fuckhead yeah he's gross on top of that, Tell of me. his house getting broke into, Brian was also really good friends with a little girl named Nancy Shoemaker. If you guys recognize that There's name. Okay, hold on. Um, Nancy Shoemaker, that was the case we covered on episode five. Go wash your hand. If it's stinky. Ew, yeah, go wash your hand. Oh, 
Come for. Go use soap. Yeah, lots of soap. But yeah, we covered Nancy Shoemaker's case on um, episode five, and Brian used to play with her. Like, they were friends at wow. school. I'm like, what a weird... I'm like, Mackenzie, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> but yeah, um, she was kidnapped, and her body was found near Wichita. Um, Brian and her would play and hang out together constantly, and her death it really devastated him. I can imagine. Because she was the second little girl that was killed by... Oh, I can't remember his name now, but yeah. Go back to episode five and listen to... Nancy Shoemaker's case and if Kelly. you haven't heard. Yeah, and that was a Kelly. That was a that was a Kelly um story. The OG or, Kelly. OG Kelly. <laughs> and she'll be coming back soon, guys. We don't know when, and we're not gonna tell you when because we don't even know when. But yeah, one day she's that, just gonna be here. I'm trying to tell you life <laughs> happened and it didn't happen. So yeah. <laughs> but now um she's told me more about her schedule and school is out from well, where we live. So um yeah, so it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, you just know. Well, <gasps> Actually, no. No, don't say it because we're not going to say I it. I really want... It's just going to be a surprise. Yeah. I'm going to ask for my hand. Good okay. job, Stinky Hand McGee. I'm so sorry. Okay. Okay, good. All right, bye. Love you. <laughs> All right. So now we have come <laughs> to <laughs> the final story. Oh my gosh, Arlo, let us close. <laughs> okay, we're getting ready to tell our last story. We're almost done, my dude. So this story... Shut the door, Boogie. Boogie, shut, Can you shut the door, door please. Yes. yes. No, you goof the door. The, the big door. The wood door. That's my kid, everybody. Oh my gosh. No, my God. This is why I swear oh somehow we're blood related, but. He was her son in another life. <laughs> he totally was. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this story, um, this case, this story, I don't even know, um, Oops. is from um, a guy named Jay. I call him my friend because we are Facebook friends. Jay, we're friends now. Jay. Um, hi, Jay. Jay. Hey, Jay. Jay. She stalks Jay. you. I did. I did. And that's, but you accepted my friend request and here we are. Here we are, my dude. His story and message, I feel, is exactly how this episode needs to finish. Um, here's his insane, insane tale. We will have pictures to include on our social media that he said that I could use. They're graphic and this dude is a fucking badass. Okay. So. And I have yet to hear this. So. Yes. So when I found his story, it was on one of the, I think it was on a morbid page um, of what he encountered. And this is just exactly what he shared on his Facebook page. And he was so... When I asked him, I'm like, Hey, we're doing an episode on my podcast. Is it cool if we use your story? And he put abso-lutely. <laughs> I'm like, oh, his honest... And the, the stuff he posts on his... He's hilarious. Awesome. He's Every picture, every day, he does a different thing for White Boy Summer. <laughs> and they're fabulous photos. One was of Chris Farley, and it was very beautiful. And I'm like, I love him so much. But yeah, okay. So this is Jay's incredible, scary, terrifying story. So... Um, he says, I used to work at a moving company and I was a manager. I was responsible for all sorts of shit, including the company credit card. I worked with a guy named Sam who was now on his second DUI and could no longer drive and had to wear an alcohol bracelet. So I was his ride every day to and from work. On this particular day, Sunday, November 10th, 2013, I had made up some work for us to do because business was slow. Being as it wasn't time sensitive, we watched a football game before we headed to work. As we smoke our last cigarettes, we go back inside his apartment to leave. He's putting his dog up, and I'm in the kitchen. I call out and ask if he wants a drink, to which he replies, no. So I reach into the <laughs> fridge to get a drink. 
Bam, bam. He stabs me twice in the back. Me not knowing, thinking it was him punching me. Oh it hurt, gosh. you know. I'm going to have a picture of this and I will have a warning before it because it's very graphic. It hurt, you know. So I immediately stand up, turn around, and punch him right in the damn face. He falls to the ground, pulling me with him. As we hit the ground, he also dropped a big-ass bloody knife. All that ran through my mind was, oh, shit, it's boogie time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, that's Shauna. Um, <laughs> We immediately start fighting over the knife. I'm punching him as he's trying to get the knife. By this point, the floor is slick with blood, and it's hard to stand back up. He's regained control of the knife, and I'm on my back trying to control his wrists. I have his left hand controlled, but the knife is in his right hand, and his arm is slick with blood. I can't keep control of it. Or, yeah. And he keeps pulling his hand back, so I try trying to get a good stab at me. Finally, I say, fuck it. And grabbed the knife by the blade. Luckily, I was able to snap it. It was either get stabbed in the chest or lose a hand. So guess what? (laughs) He puts LMAO. So now the blade is destroyed and I started punching the fuck out of him with my bloody stump and get him off me. I will also have a picture of his hand. Adrenaline is the absolute shit. I didn't even feel the knife lay my hand open and it's disgusting. Um... I said that, not him. Now we are both almost back to our feet, and he bear hugs me and pushes me against the oven. I struggle and kind of get my mangled hand free. I took my thumb that I could barely move and shoved it into his eye socket all the way. Good. He he lets me go, and I put him in a bear hug, shimmy up the oven, and then spin him around and pin him to his recycle recycle recliner. (laughs) I can't read. I'm fine. I was totally thinking Looney Tunes. Sorry to interrupt, but did he shove him in the oven and turn it on? (laughs) (laughs) It would have been great if he did. Oh my god, all I could think of is this weird polka dance. Okay, my right arm has his arms pinned to his body, and I'm pushing his head into the seat with my mangled hand. I catch a couple breaths, look at the door to make a plan of what to do do to escape. In seconds, I stand him up, grab the seat of his pants with my right hand, and throw him across his apartment and dart for the door. As I get to the door, I had to undo the deadbolt and the knob with Jesus. a with a fucked up cut hand. He grabbed a knife blade, you guys. I threw that door open and think I'm home free. As I go to shut the door, he managed to grab at it and tried pulling it back open. Not today. I slammed his hands in that shit. Finally, I'm out of the building and I yell to a guy who was putting his bike on the back of his Jetta to call the cops, please. And here I am. It turned out that he had been planning to murder me simply for the company credit card. That's it. There's no ill will or malice. I was simply a means to an end. He had written a quote-unquote manifesto, as the detective described it. He was going to, one, kill me, two, clean up, three, hide the body and take personal effects, destroy my phone, take my car, and etc. Wild shit, but yeah, so, but yeah, that happened. Oh my gosh. So I ended up messaging Jay and reached out to him and wanted to see if there's anything he wanted to add to his incredible story. Like, when you see these pictures, and you can go um, on his page, I'm not going to share his last name out of just, I don't personally want to do that, but he said this, and I think this is just the perfect way to end this. So how are they going to find him? (laughs) Never mind. She'll just share the pictures. I'll just share the pictures and you'll figure it out. Never mind. Don't go find him. <laughs> Jay is for us and us only with his majestic hair. And he's hand, great. apparently. He's got great hair. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, never mind. Jay, oh. we love you, and I'm Jay. so sorry this happened. But yes, but... Thank you for sharing. But you're... This is just... It's awesome. Okay. So he said, Just tell people to not think of themselves as victims. They're survivors, and they won. 
They should always keep their head up. Also, talking about what you went through only helps. It gets easier every time. It helps you find more peace in what happened. You'll always think about that experience every day for the rest of your life anyway. Absolutely. So, that is beautiful. He is, and he's got a great sense of humor, you guys. He's so funny. Um, but, yeah, he was in one of the groups, and I was just like, man. I eventually wanted him to, like, maybe try to come on an episode, but I'm like, well, maybe this... He's like, this works for him. So thanks. Thank you, everybody. Thank all of you wonderful humans, listeners, podcast friends, friends, family, all of you guys. Thank you guys so much. I'm so lame. Okay. Um, So I lost my train of thought because my kid came in and just dropped me. We're just saying thank yous. You're just saying thank (laughs) yous. Thank you so much for this first installment of Buddy Babbles instead (laughs) of bloody. I mean, it was very bloody at the end there. (laughs) Jay, you're a fucking badass. Like, holy shitballs. Like, that I... It blew, blew me away just reading his story, and I'm like, oh god, I couldn't imagine. But yeah, um, yeah. So if you guys dug this, let us know and mm-hmm. send in your stories. Um, yes. sliding into our DMs, <laughs> Instagram, uh, Bloody Babbles Podcast. Uh, Bloody Babbles Podcast is our Facebook page. Um, Twitter is at Bloody Babbles. Um, if you, we do have an email address. If that's easier for you too. Um, eventually, if this becomes like a regular thing, I think we'll we'll send or centralize it to the email. That way, we can keep track of everything. That would be great. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, just send it to it's bloody bibles podcast at gmail dot com. Um, the intro sound is um, I'm going to use a different one for this one. Uh, it's still the Fichter Brothers on YouTube, so make sure you guys go check them out. And yes, please share please share what you thought of this episode if yes. you guys like this kind of thing. Um, once again, thank you guys so much for submitting stories. I know there's some more that want to um, send some things in that didn't get to us in time for this one, but we'll maybe be able to do this like once a month or something like that. So I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. It's cool tell, like hearing just, especially like we don't do a lot of paranormal stories. That's I, I know a lot of true crime podcasts kind of branch off into that, but that's not something that we really want to do. But if we have stories like this, I love it. And I, I clearly have tons of them that apparently just reminisce in my brain once I'm telling other people's get stories. Get a notebook and start writing them down. Yes. I've been, been told to do that for my whole life, and I've yet to do it. Um, I just remember things. I can't remember what I did this morning, but I can tell you what happened 10 years ago. So, um, But until next week, our beautiful Babylonians. Babylon! Babylon! What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Zach. It's Josh. Zach, do you enjoy video games, drinking, and attempting to solve the world's problems through ridiculous schemes? Uh, yeah. Do you think others would enjoy that? I mean, I really hope so. So do I. So I think you all should come spend some time with us, the Midwest Meltdown. This show was created by these two fine gentlemen here, myself and Zach, when we spent the last 14 years telling each other funny stories, talking about video games, and literally anything else that comes to mind. We wanted to turn our passion for gaming into something that we could share with everyone. So again, follow us, The Midwest Meltdown, anywhere you can find your podcasts. That's Spotify, Apple Music, Podbean, Google Pods. Check us out. We'd be happy to have you.